in your life, you just like God to speak to you tonight. Say, Lord, will you come by my way tonight? Reveal yourself to me. Lord, we need you. We always need you, Lord. We could never be as the last age that says, I have needed nothing. Because we are cognate. We need Jesus. Lord, right here in this building today, there were those that lifted a hand towards you. Said, I need you, Jesus. I got to have you in my life. Lord, I pray that you'll bless your people today that have gathered in your name. Lord, may you minister to them in a great way tonight and reveal yourself. Lord, make yourself known to your children. Bring healing and deliverance. For we know, Lord, that's where it comes from, from you. Lord, just visiting with the Butts family today in the hospital with them, we want to thank you for bringing William safely through that. We just ask, Lord, for complete healing and a total deliverance. Lord, we know that you're God that answers every situation. We just pray, Lord, you'll answer every need tonight. Speak to hearts and lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 35. We're going to read from the first verse. Glad that you're here tonight and in the service of the Lord. And see each one of you on this uh, kind of stormy evening. I think this kept some of us away, but you know we're, we're here tonight. Amen. God bless you as far for your efforts to be here. We're going to look to Genesis 35 and verse 1. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make thee there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household, and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that were, are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all of the strange gods which were in their hand, all the earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to be speaking tonight again, as I did last Wednesday night, as we came back from camp and just seeing the Holy Spirit move in such a miraculous way and bring great deliverances. And, and of course, um, you know, as we... Uh, look at those, and at those moments in time and just realize the Holy Spirit is doing something that is very wonderful among us, and we want to see that continue. And so we're going to speak tonight again on a, a book of Acts church. Now, as we read here um, in the Scripture, actually this um, uh, text would go right along with some of the things that I have been ministering on. Um, on Sundays about the people of the book returning back to the land of the book as this is one of the first returns back to the land as Jacob was coming back home after fleeing to Haran and sojourning there 
for some years. And, of course, in those years, you know, that he, he took um, his wives there and had children and now was coming back to the homeland. And as Jacob comes back, he realizes that to meet God in that homeland, that he must purge himself from the gods of the land. Yeah. Lay aside all of these things. And, you know, it's very important as we're coming right here down to the end time that all of us make our calling and election sure. Certainly a time to clean up our lives and, and to purge ourselves and prepare for everything that God has for us in this end time process. I think it's something Brother Branham said in the Israel and the church. He said, then God, after fixing Moses, getting him ready, sent out the signs. Then the last sign we taken last night was death, and we found out the spiritual death in the church, the last plague now, the church drying up, blowing away. That's right, and we're living in a horrible time. How that the church, the old timers, that used to really have the victory is losing out. Dying time, letting the blood get off the front door. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. I want you just to remember that Satan is always standing by to rob you of your victory. Whatever victory you received in Christ, Satan is right there to try to rob that. I would like to look at Luke chapter 8 and verse 11, and let's just go through this as we uh, just see the Scripture. I want to show you a scriptural pattern that when many times when the Word of God is given, how that the enemy tries to come in. Now, this is actually the explanation of the parables of the, the seed and the sower. And, and so Jesus said, now, the parable is this, the seed is the Word of God. And those by the wayside are they that hear, that, and then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So if you notice this, that the word is sown, but again, some of it falls by the wayside, and some of it falls upon the rocks or the stones, and some falls among the thorns, and only that which is on good ground is going to bring forth fruit. So, you know, it's always important to prepare yourself for, um, the, for fruitfulness so that the Word of God will have fruit in your life. It goes on to say that they on the rock are they which, when they hear the Word, receive the Word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And then it says, and they which are among thorns fell among thorns, or they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. So, again, you can see these, these very three places, actually three out of the four places that Jesus said, the word is preached, the word is given, and even victories are given. But yet they're not held on to. And they're not held on to because, again, because some, the devil takes away. The others are on a rock and it's shallow and they receive it with joy and spring up and have no root. And, and, and they believe for a time, but after a while they wither away. 
And then there, there are those that fall among thorns. And again, you know, they, they hear the word, but again, the, the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life is what it falls among. And rather than getting rid of the thorns and dealing with issues in your life, you let that overcrowd and or crowd out the very word of God that was sown in your garden. But they that, that are on good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. So this is very, very important as we look at this because we want to understand that just because that a good word was preached... And a good move of the Holy Ghost came. And God dealt with many, many hearts. You're going to have to really guard against the devil coming in. Because the enemy will come in to destroy you, to take away what was placed in your heart. Now, I, you know, I, I had an experience on the farm this week as um, I was sitting out on the, on the outside in the back porch and I was studying. And as I was studying, I kept hearing one of our animals that was calling and just uh, bawling. And I, it's my, it didn't sound, uh, actually kind of almost sound like a, a chainsaw or something. It was hard for me to make it out what it was. And finally, I, I got up and, and looked, and we had a newborn baby calf that had just been born. And there was about 15 vultures that were around, and before I could get to that calf, they had already ripped him down to the backbone and pulled his stomach out, and it destroyed the life out of it. And the mama cow bawling over trying to move them back. And I'm just going to tell you, you know, there's exactly where that we are right now. Where every hound of hell is there to rob from you and take from you what God has given to you. And so, again, we, we got to do, like he said in 1 Peter 5 and 8, to be sober, be serious, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a ruined lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now we're going to talk about this for a moment. Because as a book of Acts church, you know, not only are there miracles and healings and filling with the Holy Ghost, but in that same church of healings and miracles and deliverances, there are people that are sick and even people who are dying, and worse than that, people who, who, who die. And in that book of Acts church, there are sinners. Right. Amen? And sin. Right. Because you can't have salvation without sinners to be saved. Right. Amen? So the book of Acts church is not free from sickness or from problems. The book of Acts church is where we have a remedy or a cure for sin. Right. And, and so where, wherever there is repentance and wherever there is um, faith to believe, there is also deliverance that is there. So we have a remedy. However, when the vine puts forth another branch, you know, it's not, it's not a, the evil or sin and sickness that is restored. Every church has had that. Every age has had that. 
But what is restored is the acts or the actions of the Holy Spirit working in the church. Amen. Remember, this was not really the acts of the apostles. This was the acts of the Holy Ghost in the apostles. So now, as we're speaking of that, then we know then in a book of Acts church, we're going to also have sin that we have to deal with, sickness we have to deal with, problems, confusion, right. false doctrine, everything else comes, but yet in the midst of all of that, the church rises and is victorious. Now, that's a book of Acts church. Now, you see, as we speak about this, we know that there, there are five inlets into the human spirit, and through these sin uh, enters and devils enter into man to conquer him. Now, it is that sanctification when, when uh, you repent of your sins, when you're cleansed, and, you know, that, that the devil goes out. Of, of a person, and, and then it's when the Holy Ghost comes in, the baptism of the Holy Ghost comes in, is when you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. So now, I want you just to notice this. We talk about Judas, for example. He was um, numbered among the church. Amen. We'll find him also in the book of Acts. They're speaking about him in Acts chapter 117. For he, Judas, was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. So here was a man that was numbered with them, counted as being a part of the church. Are you with me now? And yet he was a man that didn't go all the way to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He didn't go all the way to the upper room. He stopped short. He fell out before then. He betrayed the Lord before then. Are you with me? Amen. And what happened is the devil entered into him. So he got up that close where he could be one who had a Holy Ghost ministry. He was one who, who also shouted and rejoiced and rejoiced because devils were subject to him through, his, through the name of Jesus. He was a, a man there that, that was trusted and believed in and, and had been breathed upon and, and cleansed. He said, now you're clean through the word that I speak to, to you and went through a sanctification but never went on to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to tell you, church, the devil will do everything he can do to try to keep you from going all the way. Again, we're reading four out of, out of, or three out of the four times a seed is sown. The devil does what? He robs, puts it among thorns. Come on. Amen. Puts it on a rock where that it withers away when temptations come. It's the only out of one of the, of the four grounds can be fruitful. So the devil will do everything he can to keep you from being a real believer, truly converted. Now, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. And to heal all manners of sickness and all manner of diseases. Notice his 12 disciples. So Judas was among them. 
Amen. Had a Holy Ghost ministry in the sense of, of uh, casting out devils and healing the sick and having great miracles that had happened and, and, and no doubt had, had, had at some point been a real sincere believer. But I want you to understand there was a point in his life that the devil entered into him. He got so close yet was so far away. Now, it is actually true the devil will go out when you give your heart to be cleansed by God. However, you must be filled with the Spirit. It is not just enough to have the devil cast out of you. Right. Amen. Or you to repent of your sins and you, you say, well, I put that away. That's good. But let me tell you, there's got to be more than that. You've got to have something to replace that. You've got to have the Holy Ghost to come. Now, Jesus uses two parables to show us this, and both are showing some type of, of conversion. You remember, and I won't, uh, for the second time, I won't read it tonight, but Jesus said, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, he walks in dry places and findeth um, in, in no rest. And, and so he, he comes back with seven others, and he comes back to that man, finding him that he's empty. And that his house has been swept and garnished. And, and he goes and gets seven others and comes in. And the last state is worse than the first. So you see, that is a picture of a moralist. Now, we mentioned this last Wednesday, but I want to go over it again. Did you notice he didn't say when he's cast out of a man, but when he goes out by his own will. You see, and he returns back. To fight to this man, founds a house that he lived in, has been swept and garnished, and then gets up. Then he goes and gets seven other devils, demons, unclean spirits, enters into this man, and the last estate of this man is seven times worse than the first. Did you notice? The devil went out by his own will, and he returned by his own will. Now, if the house had been already occupied when he returned, he would have not been able to get in. Amen. Now, so he said, this is a picture of the moralist today. Man who just thinks he's going to go to heaven because he quit drinking or he quit smoking or quit running around on his wife or quit gambling or, you know, stopped, uh, stopped his drinking. You see, he isn't really converted. He's just a moralist. He's changed his way. He's, he's decided he'd be different. And, and the devil is using moralists to go out and make a foolish representation because the power, the real power of the living Christ isn't there. God wants to do more in your life than just make you a good person or a good church member. Amen. God wants to fill you with his spirit. You were made with a place to be filled. However, because of the fall, it was already filled with, with sin nature. Amen. But when it's cast out, then you can invite the very nature of Christ to come live in your life, to give you that overcoming power in your life. Amen. Now, of course, you see, that's the way the devil wants to do. He wants to get in you in just a mild form. Now, sometimes the devil will take a man right down to the dregs of humanity. 
Others, he'll just let stay right on the surface, a good person, nice, a nice person, but never, never really fully committed, never, never really sold out. You know, good to your neighbor, you find good things about him, and, and so on. God wants to do more than make a good neighbor out of you. He wants to make a son or daughter of God out of your life. He wants to empower you with his own spirit to live in your life. Amen. Because I'll tell you, no matter how good you are, how moral you are, how upright you are, you'll never get to heaven unless you're born again, unless you're filled with the Spirit of God. So you see, if you're just sanctified, you are, you are ready to be filled, and you better get serious and get filled with the Holy Ghost because you're just a target for the devil. Amen. Now, because, again, when, you, when you've heard the word preached and things have got cleaned out of your life and you don't go on and receive the Spirit of God, oh, yeah, you feel a lot better. You feel real good. Oh, I feel so clean. I have a peace. Well, yeah, the devil's gone. But what you want is the Holy Spirit to come in that life and fill you with his entire being where his nature lives out in your life and you have the power of Christ living in you to give you power to overcome. Now, this is, a, this is the problem today because, you know, we fill people with theology. You know, we, we pump them full of theology and educate them in the message. But I'm going to tell you, that ain't salvation. All this education ain't going to do it. You're still a target of the devil. Might be make you more religious than ever, but you got to be born again. You got to die to sin nature. Now, that was the point I was trying to make Sunday morning about the altar. It's a place of agonizing it out with God. It's a place there of calling God and dying and calling on God so you can die to your sin and ask him to come in and fill your life, not just sanctify you and cleanse you and take those things out of you, but also to put in you a power which gives you a passion and a drive for truth, for the love of God, whether you're so in love with him. The world is gone. Sin is gone. The desire is gone because he's there. Now, you see, it's not just simply stopping at getting cleaned up. Judas got cleaned up. Are you with me? Judas repented of his sins. Judas got a clean slate and his past forgiven. Judas got sanctified only for the devil to take him again. So it's really important that you go a lot further than Judas. You got to get to the upper room where that the Holy Ghost comes and fills you with his own life and his own power. Now, so again, John 13, 27, and after the sop, Satan entered into him. What a horrible thing. What a horrible thing. A man who had had miracles, who had preached, who had proclaimed the gospel, who had, who had represented the Christ and, and had preached his, his, his word and done all of these miracles, signs, wonders, and everything, and had stopped short of the Holy Ghost. You see, here he was, a man who never got filled with Christ. 
And the devil entered into him. The unclean spirit only went out to come back in again. Notice that picture there where, we're, where we, we gave you the illustration. The devil went out only to come back in. He went out and he comes back in with seven more. Yes. Now, so Brother Branham always would tell us, he said that Judas failed to go up there to that upper room because just before he got there, Satan enters into him. What's he do then? He betrays the Lord. He sells him out. And so will you. You may sell him out for a whole lot less than 30 pieces of silver. Amen. You may, you may sell him out for a whole lot less than that. Or you might get even more for it. But I'll tell you, if you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going at some point in your life, you are absolutely going to take in, back in that evil spirit again. Amen. But now I want you to look at the other one. I'm going to give you another illustration now of dealing. Now, one's a house, the other's one's a, called a house and one's called a palace. I want you to get the picture. Matthew 12 and 28. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. So the kingdom of God we know is the Holy Ghost. Is that right? A book of Acts Church is one who's doing the acts of the Spirit, where the King, the Holy Spirit, is actually ruling the people. So now notice, he said, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then he said, the kingdom of God is come to you. Amen. This is allowing the Holy Ghost to come by the casting out of sin. Casting out devils. Are you with me? Verse 29. Or else, how could one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his good, except he bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? So I want you to notice now, real conversion, real true conversion is when the strong man is bound. Amen. Now, of course, when, in other words, when the strong man is conquered, not just put out of the house to come back again, but the strong man, the devil, is conquered. You want to see that sin nature is totally conquered and that the kingdom of God comes into you, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Now, of course, you know, you know, the strong man is grappled with and mastered and, uh, and of course, is permanently occupied. Notice one, one is emptied for the devil to come back out. The other, the strong man is bound and the house is now permanently, permanently, did you hear me? Permanently occupied. Now, whatever, it takes a stronger one than the strong man. Strong man. He's there with sex and violence and drinking and smoking and lying and cussing and all the other works of the flesh that you can imagine. And he's very strong. And let me just tell you, you know, self-help ain't going to conquer him. AA ain't going to conquer him. 
All you're trying ain't going to conquer him. There's only one thing that can do is one stronger than him to come in and conquer him. Now, that's what the real Holy Ghost does. He is the one who conquers the strong man in your life. The devil deals with sin nature, and he's bound. Amen. Now, you can, you can lose justification and have to repent again. You can lose sanctification and a devil enter into you just like Judas. But once you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, you can never lose that seal. Now, so now, notice why was it that the unclean spirit after going out of the man entered in again without a struggle? Because on his return, he didn't find any Holy Ghost in the soul. So there's many times you can cast him out, or he can be, he can be put out, or he can go even out on his own will. But, uh, uh, but he'll come right back if there's no Holy Ghost in the soul to keep him out. Now, if you're sanctified... You're ready to be filled with the Spirit. And I'll tell you, it's, if there was ever time to get serious and get filled with the Holy Ghost, it's time to get serious because now you're a target for the devil. Amen. He's got his sights on you. Just like the vultures coming right down on this newborn. He's looking for a way in for everyone that made that start. Now, just so it's imperative that you be filled with the Holy Ghost and not just simply do the first steps of repentance and cleansing. Amen. You say, Brother Tim, what are you doing? I'm trying to, I'm trying to stir you to, to seek to receive a spirit. Amen. To give you a realization, I've got to have it more than any, anything in the world. I've, I've got to have him. Otherwise, he'll come back because I'm not strong enough to keep him out. Amen. We can make pornography move, but I'm not strong enough to keep pornography out. Amen. We can make drinking move, but I'm not strong enough to keep that habit out. You are not strong enough to do it. You're going to have to have a stronger one to bind him and keep him out. Or else you'll just find yourself repeating the cycle. Now, you've got five gates that enters your spirit. There's the eye gate, the ear gate, the mouth gate, the smell gate, the feel gate. And Matthew 6, 22 said the eye is the lamp of the body. Said so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. So it's real important that you keep your eye clean, that you keep that eye gate closed to sin. Because if you can keep that eye gate closed to sin and your eye is healthy and your gate is strong, then your whole body will be full of light. How many want your body full of light? All right. Now, 
He also would say in Romans 6.13, don't go on presenting your members of the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Now, this is important. You are to quit presenting your, your body. Quit giving your eye to evil. Amen. Quit giving your ear to evil. Because you got to get a strong man on the inside. Keep that door closed. Come on. Or else here the enemy will come right back in, right through the eye, right through the ear, and enter right back in again. You say, well, you know, he left and now he's back. How did he get back? Well, through a gate. Now, we're cattle farmers, and we know that the weakest part of the fence is the gate. Amen. It's the most vulnerable part. It gets opened and left opened. It's where the animals get out, and it has to be secured. You've got to make sure that gate is chained. Now, of course, Satan comes in with his reasoning, and, and he uses his reasoning power. And, of course, that's what he used on Eve at the beginning, and that's always that loophole. He'll come right in and, and, and try to make it all seem reasonable. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to matter. You know, just one more time. or just, Let me tell you, you dare not open it Amen. another time. Amen. Get a seal on the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And that's where people break the easiest is at the reasoning. Now, Psalms 101, verse 3. I'd like you to put this up, Adriana, please. Psalms 101, verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. So notice this. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. This is very, very important that, that, that we realize our eyes are very important as far as what we take in and what we allow in to our spirit realm because what we let come in contaminates us. I'd just like to share a little testimony. Um, Sister Rachel Shaw would know this, these people. She no doubt grew up with some of the family but anyway, um, this is an excerpt of Sister Mary Wirtz Norman. And um, her husband, Gene, were friends of Brother William Branham. And it was one occasion on, on, in the spring of 1962. They said, we visited a church where they were showing the movie of, a, of the Holocaust. Now, I want you to get the picture. 1962, that's a long time ago. Show a movie in a church, a Pentecostal church, that's pretty conservative. I'm trying to get a picture to you. This would seem to be pretty kosher if you're showing it at church. Some pastor, no doubt, thought it was, you know, something that would benefit the congregation to see. And he said, we didn't realize how graphic it would be. 
And Mary, who was about 10 years old, that was her child, at the time was really bothered by it. And afterwards, she couldn't sleep at night, and I would have to lay down by her, and she would say, if there is a God, how could he let all of this happen? Now, I want you to notice something came in the girl's eye that caused a question if there is a God. A film showed in a Pentecostal church in 1962, very conservative place, opened up something into this 10-year-old girl that began to make her question God. And if there was a God, how could he let this happen? And they said in the summer of 1962, we were, were able to attend the first three of the West Coast meetings. And just to quickly get there, said I, that we visited Brother Branham at the end of those meetings. Said in visiting, I was telling him how the Holocaust film we'd seen a few months earlier had bothered, had bothered Mary. And Sarah and Mary and Joe and Becky were playing nearby, and he called to Mary, and he talked to her a little bit and hugged her up to him and prayed for her. And he said, all right, go ahead and play. And he turned to, to Jean and to his wife, said, she's going to be all right now. When I prayed for her, something like a buffalo head lifted right off of her. Said, I guess the devil was really after our family. I'm going to tell you, the devil's really after yours. So, oh, Brother Tim, we're a book of Acts church, and we got miracles and signs and casting devils out, and the sick are being healed, and, and, and miracles are happening. People are getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, but right in the midst of it. Right in the midst of it, Satan is there to oppose us. Satan is there to rob our families, to, to destroy our families. And we got to be vigilant against the devil. Amen. You say, well, Brother Tim, something like a spirit raises up off of this girl. Can you imagine? A girl took a spirit by something through the eye. Looking at a movie. At a film, a kosher mu- movie, <laughs> probably we would say. You know, kosher enough at the time that a conservative church would play it, and a girl took an evil spirit. Now, I'm just trying to tell you how powerful Satan is to come through the eye. And what you do to allow little vulnerable children without the Holy Spirit. Yes who will allow things to come right in there that begins a, a questioning of God and a questioning of his word. Right. Amen. Now, remember, demons are, are fallen angels, and, and they're in their deformed state. They, they take on many, many different forms. And, and so you see, as he, he said, now, I, I've seen them in all shapes. He said, I, I've seen them in all kinds. He said, I've seen them look like the shape of bats with long hairs hanging off their legs. An epileptic demon looks like a tortoise with round legs hanging up like that. And usually a demon of oppression is more like a cloud form, like a wave and makes a real funny sound when, when you see in that other dimension. He said, you may think that's wrong, but some days you'll realize it. If you, if you could only take 
a spiritual looking glass and look in your soul, you doubt and you find out what it looks like. And the greatest devil, the chief of all devils is unbelief. Now, of course, that's all the other things are just attributes of sin, smoking, drinking, gambling, all of those are not sin. They're attributes of that unbelief on the inside. And if you've got a, a window into a soul, this is what you would see, the chief of all demons sitting right there in every sinner's heart because you are either the kingdom of God or of the kingdom of Satan. But the kingdom of God is being brought to you. And you don't have to remain in the kingdom of hell. Are you with me? Now, when I consider just what I've had to confront of demons who entered into persons through pornography and other wicked things and had to cast them out. I think about three years ago or four, a young girl walks up, and as soon as I anoint her with oil in the prayer line, she turns into a crouching animal and swinging at me and growling, and her eyes are glazed in a, in a growling voice saying, I won't come out, I won't come out and slapping at me and couldn't touch me. I'm thankful for the blood. I'm thankful for the blood. But it entered in through the eye. It came right in from looking at the wrong things. And there's a many a spirit that comes in when you go to looking at pornography or movies or, or with sexual implications and all these other things and feeding on the wrong things. And, and today, you know, what a danger when we see so many are feeding on violence and video games that are filled with violence and sex and every other kind of evil. Amen. You can even trade your skins to become the devil himself. Amen. All, all of these things that you, you can do, and you say it's all in imagination, but remember, this is where he told us the warfare is going on, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the Word of God, cast it down. It's part of your weapons of your warfare. Amen. You've got to be on guard against the devil. got to realize now, if a spirit could move, but could enter a child watching a film and could cause such unbelief, a film Judge Koser, a conservative enough in a church in 1962, and I'll guarantee you we've become desensitized since, since then. Oh, yeah. Then what about today when every wicked thing is now being set before the eyes of our young people? That is bringing such insanity in this in America today that killings are taking place in our schools and our workplaces, plus adulteries and every kind of sex sin and broken marriages that are resulting in broken families. It's time that we parents and pastors, ministers cry out against these things. Amen. You know, television and worse has brought us into a new era that makes the insanity of the past look sane. Now, I feel like Jacob. We're entering the land. Get rid of those gods. Clean yourself up. Wash yourself. 
Get prepared. If you want the Holy Ghost to move, get prepared for it. Amen. If you want, to, if you want for rain, you prepare for rain. Is that right? Man, in a, in a prayer meeting some years ago, uh, there was uh, an old lady walked in. They were, it was a drought time, and, and they come to prayer meeting. She come bringing her umbrella. She was preparing for rain. Amen. I think that same thing needs to happen when we realize the Spirit of God is moving. It's time we prepare. Amen. Prepare the ground. Get it ready so it'll bring forth fruit. Amen. It's not going to do any good falling in among thorns and worldliness and sin and unbelief. It ain't going to do any good falling on a rock. It ain't going to do any good on the wayside and the devil come and snatch it away from you within a week or two after camp. It's got to be more than that. We need to tend our gardens. The second coming of the Lord, Brother Branham would say, husband and wife is a type of Christ in the church. Brother, that's powerful right there. Just think the way you treat your wife is a way that you're representing Christ. So you can know by the way that you're doing how you're representing Christ. It'll show in your marriage. Same way. And when you go to your church, he said you may have the best pews in the city. You may have the highest steeple there is in the city. You may have the best pipe organ. You may dress the best. You may sing like a mockingbird. But all of that, if you're kissing and flirting with the world, that kiss on the cheeks of Christ is a Judaitarian kiss. He don't want nothing to do with you. He looks on your wedding engagement ring and he finds a tablet removed. He finds love is gone. It's a form. He finds loyalty is gone. You're committing fornications with the world. You go to dances and boogie-woogie parties and watch old dirty, uh, or watch old dirty television programs. And this happened to be, this happened to be 1957, and we bring them back and recycle them in our home and call them clean. <laughs> you know why? Because you become desensitized to sin. These are the same things. He says, he says, you are committing adultery against Christ on him as calling him your husband. Can you imagine? Here we're calling ourselves the bride of Christ, and we got television back in our homes. We're watching every kind of filthy and lewd things and gulping it down, you know, day after day after day after day. And, and it's adultery against Christ. Go ahead, make your excuses. Go ahead and say, well, Brother Tim just don't like movies and that ain't his thing and it's my comfort. If that's your comfort, you're going to hell. Amen. Amen. You're not a Christian if that's your comfort. That's where I get my relaxation. What happened to the Holy Ghost? What happened to the Holy Ghost that would give you your comfort, give you your joy, give you your peace, and give you a satisfaction? And that was the way that we used to relax. It just gets so filled with the Spirit of God. But now we relax getting filled with Satan's violence, sex scenes, and evil. 
It's adultery against Christ, and you're guilty of it. Now, let me just read a few of these. Now, what a mess he's made out of these nations today. Just go back, some of you. Go back and listen to the invasion of the United States. He was talking about right there in 1954 where that the United States was being invaded by demons. And demons were taking over families and homes and churches. Evil spirits coming in and possessing people and bringing this insanity that we have in this world today. I don't know when the last time you've done a reality check, but the world that we're living in is, a, is an insane world. It's so insane that mothers are applauding the killing of their babies. Politicians are standing there and everybody's rejoicing because we can kill a baby in the womb at full term or even finish it off when it comes out if it ain't dead enough. This is insanity. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. You, you, you look at it in the news, you see it everywhere. Insanity is everywhere because we have been invaded in this world by every kind of demons. And I'm telling you, when you let them in your home, you're as guilty as the rest of America and you're under judgment. There ought to be a place of safety in our homes and our family, a place where the token is applied and the blood is there. And you old timers have done wrong by letting the blood get off the door. You want a book of Acts Church? You'll pay the price for it. Brother Branham said, we got all, and we got down there's, People with their heads sticking in television, radio, and this silly music of rock and rolls and all kinds of stuff. It's of the devil. It's of the devil. Men and women stay home from a prayer meeting to go and listen to that woman, uh, Lucy, our sister Lucy, or some kind of silly thing. Or, or, and what is, what is it? He said, I've got a crime records right from the files of the FBI, which I have in my own possession. They're all married, 90% of that married four and five times, caught on the street with filthiness and honoriness, and you stick your head at that, it shows what's in the heart. A real born-again child of God loves the Word and stays with the Word and with the Bible. And he says, I'm preaching to Canadians here. He said, God help you, Canadians. Don't never let that American pollution get in here. And that's right. Where did it come from? Where did you get it from America? And where does America get it from? Hollywood. And where did Hollywood get it from? Hell. I tell you, people's got a big appetite for hell. An insatiable one. The evening messenger, he speaks about it again. He says, civilizations come like a rift from the east, picking up again. And all the time as it's come, she's hit the west coast like a sound bearer, and she's fallen back. And the most corruptible place I know of is on the west coast. Well, can't we see that? The nonsense is coming out of California today. Anything that you want to think of that got sin, corruption, divorce, marrying, Hollywood, the very whole of hell. That's exactly right. 
I believe in Bible genuine, genuine Bible holiness, and I don't believe in this corruption and rotten stuff that sets an example before our people and called Hollywood. And I've always been against it. And I think a man that's got the Spirit of God in him would be against it because the Spirit of God would testify that it's wrong to him. Amen. Now, see, he said, and all our televisions and everything they have is uncensored, dirty jokes, rotten corruption, weighted into everything, and the people, the devil, wouldn't, wouldn't, we wouldn't let our, our, send our children to the picture shows years ago. Of course, you know, now any, anymore, you slip out and you go to the picture shows. But used to, it was preached against. Nobody did that. We didn't have time for that. We were getting ready for a rapture. But the further we go into the hour of delay that is associated with the coming of the Lord, the more lax people get. And they go to doing things that they didn't do initially because the cycle of revival and death has never failed. And I'm telling you, there is going to be a whole group of message believers that are going to go down into the failed cycle of every other denominational system that there is and has been. Every other move has come down in that cycle of revival and death, and they'll go down into death just the way the rest of them do. But I'm going to tell you what, they won't all. Amen. Because he said to him that's alive and remain at the coming of the Lord, there's somebody. That's going to still have life. There's somebody still going to have power in them. There's somebody going to overcome the evils of this age. Well, don't don't have time for that. We'll not be hindered by that. But you see, insanities has come in on us because the devil slipped one on us, put it right in our house, took the picture show and put it right in our house. Oh, yeah, Netflix and you know, Apple TV and everything else and, you know, all kinds of excuses, reasoning as to why let your eye gate get open. Now, there are insanities now that have progressed. Brother Branham would tell us in 1965, he said, look at all the televisions and things getting these fictitious things in order, it'll come a time, I predict, that people will be completely, totally insane. The world will be. The Bible speaks of such hideous sights as they show in the movies today as some prehistoric creature's eggs that lived in the earth for so many thousands and millions of years and hatching that come forth to some. That'll just be a minor thing to what's going to happen when hell is open and the devil comes out with all the mysterious things of women with, uh, with locusts or locusts with hair like women and teeth like lions. Why, the world will be completely totally insane and it's not but just about one degree from it now and just think now how many how many years we have progressed into the hour of darkness amen oh my but i'm going to just tell you you got to know your enemy let's go to second corinthians 2 11 he said unless satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. So now, again, Satan 
get an advantage over us. Now, and that, that advantage comes because we become ignorant of Satan's devices. And then Satan gets an advantage. He gets an upper hand. He starts winning the battle. And I'll tell you, we're in a battle. We're in a battle for our young people. We're in a battle for our marriages. We're in a battle for our home. We are in a battle for the church. And we cannot afford to let the devil get advantage. Amen. So we can't be sit back and just become oblivious to the devil's devices. We got to realize, where's he getting in? How's he getting in our homes? How's he getting in our kids? How's he getting in our marriages? Now, as Brother Branham would say, People don't believe in demons today, but the thing today, to my opinion, you got to know your enemy. And I don't mean that we need to go out and, and, and go into his devices and figure out all his stuff, but we, we need to recognize the devil at his tricks. Amen. we got to lift up a standard against it. Somebody with me now? He said Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. Which, in other words, don't give the devil a foothold. This is real important in your Christian walk. Don't give the devil a place to get a hold of you. Now, we are living in a new era of time, and Satan has advanced in his, his work. I just read to you about television. And I said to the brothers some years ago, this is probably 20 years ago, I said, brothers, you know, the solution that we've had for television just don't have it. It's a time robber. It, it destroys families. It puts in the wrong ideas and people. Just, just think how, how the world has come to look all alike and all the similarities of everybody because of television. They've lost their uniqueness, even of their communities and the places where they're from. And, you know, because everybody's seeing the same thing, dressing the same way and emulating everything that's on the screen. You lost your identity. Amen. But we, but again, that's what television done. Brother Branham would warn us back there, and he said, you're watching these things on the screen, and your, your, your little girls are watching these sex acts and little boys and them kissing and going forth and on and on and all the stuff. This, this is back in the 60s and 50s. He's crying out against it. And think about how further it's went. The nudity, the vileness, the violence. Well, this is a true story. Hey, just because it's a true story doesn't mean it's worth looking at. There's a lot of things that really happened that ain't right to feed on. Brother Branham in his day would cry out against true story magazines. And we want to tell you, oh, this is a true story. This really happened. Well, I'll show you something that really happened right here. This is real. It really happened. Amen. And even more than that, it can happen again. 
Hallelujah. Amen. We'll prepare our hearts for it. It'll happen again. Amen. But we live in a time that, well, you know, uh, that Satan is advancing. As I was telling the brothers in, you know, television, you know, our solution is get rid of it, but it won't be long. You know, we'll be carrying devices in our hands. We'll have computers at our work. And, you know, to, today we, we, we will have access to things at our fingertips. And it'll be a part of our livelihood and banking and, and the necessity for communication and to, to make it in, in the society that we live. And I said, people's solution won't be just don't have it. It's going to have to be the solution. I better have the token. And in case you don't know what the token is, it's the Holy Ghost. The blood, he said, in the, in the Exodus shall be a token unto you. It shows that the lamb has died in your place. And when you get the Holy Ghost, amen, the, the token, it, is, it shows the lamb died in your place. Amen, that you're not going to die, that the death angel can pass over you. But we live in an era of time that Satan has now advanced. Computers, internet, it sets a whole new set of, of dangers. You know, honestly, I have never heard or had someone say, well, you know, I was watching TV and committed adultery or had an affair because of the TV, but I've had too many occasions where people were on the computer and cell phones and interacting with others via the Internet and had affairs and adulteries. I've had to deal with, with other churches whose young people you know, where a young daughter who I thought was Holy Ghost Field was sending pictures of nudities to boys and they're sharing it out everywhere. Don't you realize the reason for a lot of this suicide and things that is going on is because of the degradation of human life. We lose our dignity and our privacy. I've had too many occasions where this happened. I've, I've, dealt with, I've dealt with others that, that were having affairs over the Internet and chat rooms. You can read it all the time, the dangers that are there, that, the young people that are vulnerable, the kidnappings, the killings, the sin of all kinds that is going on because we've opened ourselves up to it. We didn't guard the eye. Now, the web, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's a snare. It's larger than you can imagine. In fact, you know, you can't wrap your mind around how big it is. Every day it processes 1.7 quintillion gigabytes of information. One gigabyte equals nearly 65,008 and a half 11, by 11 sheets of paper of data. Just think of that. And we're talking about 1.7 quadrillion. The pages in one day would fill, uh, you know, 160, uh, no, I mean 1,666 quintillion four-drawer file cabinets. That's how big it is. It's available, it's accessible, it's admissible, 
it's affordable, it's anonymous, it's appealing, it's, it's arousing, it affirms, it's aggressive, it's addictive. Do you know they call pornography the new drug addiction? Of course, there's another drug addiction, and that's video games, where people are addicted, they can't work, they don't have no sleep at night, and they get up in the morning, can't go to work, they can't finish their school, they can't function socially, they can't get an education, they went plumb mental because of video games. Video games, MRI, MRI study shows it has similar effects as a gambling addiction. It's causing aggressive behavior. Even some of the shootings at schools are the result of the games of sex and violence. Since 1998, porn sites on the web has grown from 14 million sites, that was 98, to in 2018, 2.3 billion web pages. Of, porn, of pornography. One, one top porn site has had 23 billion visits last year. That's 64 million a day. For one person to look at all the pornography pages available, it would take them 11,180 years of life to look at it all. There's enough porn that is watched on just one website that all the data would fill up. This is one website. All the data would fill up on 194 million USB sticks, and if you put them end to end, they would wrap all the way around the moon. And it's not just men either. It's women too. And children. In fact, children are some of the most vulnerable that there is. Starting out, the, the average age of starting out on pornography in the world today is eight years old. The negative effects that it brings, it brings depression. It leads to self-destruction, to suicide, and suicide rates are higher than ever. It takes away reality and puts you in a, in a world of fiction. I'll tell you, what you see out there ain't real. You say, oh, yeah, them are real people. That ain't what I'm talking about. It ain't real. You'll never have a woman like that. You'll never have a man like that. No, you won't. It ain't real. None of that, none of that will ever make a family. A woman like that will never make you a home. It'll never raise you a child. It'll never be a mother. And some of this is so aggressive bestiality until, until people after viewing this stuff can never have a normal marriage and normal relations because of how it has affected them. It is a destruction of life and marriages and a wreckage of homes. And it's right at your fingertips. Most of them, most of these children at eight come across, come across it without even looking for it. But I just want to tell you again, 
I've cast out too many devils. I've dealt with too many demons in people's lives that were let in because of looking at pornography. And that devil entered in there. Oh, yeah. People are taking devils. When you open up your gates, you open yourself up to Satan. You say, well, Brother Tim, uh, this is only a problem that's among uh, the world out there. No, it ain't. Sorry. You know, I'd like to say it's only a problem among uh, denominational churches. But in the book of Acts church, we got devils here. We got our own demons to have to face in situations we got to deal with right right in a, a book of Acts church. Amen. Because how else can you cast out a devil unless the devil's there? How else can you get people saved from sin unless sin's there? Well, I wouldn't go to that church. Well, then you can't go to none. In fact, the matter is you probably can't go to your own house. But let me just tell you about Christian men. Now, this is a survey among Christian men who actively seek out pornography. 81%, 81% of those who profess Christ today in the ages of 13 to 18 are looking at pornography. Ages 18 to 24, 76%. Ages 25 to 39, they ought to be old enough to know better by now, 65%. Ages 36 to 60, 47%. That's right at half. These are calling themselves Christians. What's the world doing? Yeah, exactly. Are you with me? Amen. Again, there was a, another, another study that was done of, because of the high levels of pornography and, uh, and, and because of its use and rampant extramarital affairs among Christian men, of men between the ages of 18 and 30, 77% looked at pornography at least monthly. 36% viewed pornography at least daily. 32% being admitted to being addicted to pornography. For middle-aged men, 31 to, age 31 to 49, 77% looked at pornography while at work in the last, in the last three months. 64% viewed pornography at least monthly. admit to being addicted. Those who identify themselves as born-again Christians, 95% admit they viewed pornography. 55% look at pornography at least monthly. And 35% has had extramarital sexual affairs while married. That's what's going on in the churches. Why did the Bible say that she's become the, the cage of ever unclean and hateful bird? Amen. Because one thing, sin isn't preached against. And then another thing, the people aren't taking the sermon home and applying it to the house. You see, it ain't going to do you no good unless it's applied. You've got to do something about it. 
you got to close that eye gate and get it sealed up. Amen. Hey, if the Holy Ghost ain't there, you're going to be taken over by something. Now, you say, well, that's just men. Well, let me just say, without going into another bunch of boring statistics, 56% of Christian women actively seek out pornography. Why is this so wrong? Why is this so evil? I mean, you know, I don't know the person. I, I never met them in my life. They're, they're a stranger to me. You know, just think about the exploiting of women, the exploiting of men, the homosexual relationships that are being shown out there and every other kind of bestiality. And then you wonder, why is this so wrong? Let's go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 27. Let's look at the words of Jesus. You've heard it said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. Now, this was the law. And, and this was, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not commit adultery. But Jesus strengthens the law. And he says, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after in his heart hath committed adultery with her. Already in his heart, if he looks after a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So you already got sin in the heart. Notice, Jesus goes a little stronger and tells us. Now he said, if you look, now that's the eye gate. Now, watch what he said about the eye gate. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. Now, Jesus said, in other words, you know, he, he, he didn't want all Christians going around with an eye knocked out or hand cut off. That's not his point. His point is, you got to deal with sin and deal with it harshly. If your, if your eye offends you, plug it out. If your hand's offending you, cut it off. It's better to enter into, into heaven maimed than it would be there with and, and going to hell. Yes, sir. You see what he's saying? He carries it right on in. He said, you've got to deal with the issue. And that's what Jesus is saying. It's not just acknowledging, yeah, I got a problem. It's dealing with the issue. Amen. Let's go to Proverbs 6 and verse 20. My son, keep thy father's commandments. Now, his father's commandments was the law of Moses. And forsake not the law of thy mother. And that, again, is the law of God. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is light 
and reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep thee, notice, from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a horse woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her, shall not be innocent." This is the evils. So Satan, you know, finds a way and a right to come in to take over your house. So, well, I repented. That's good. But did you get the seal? Did you get filled with the Spirit? Did you get something to replace that evil desire in your life and get something that is a holy desire? Amen. You've got to pull down those strongholds. As, as Jacob would say, put away those gods. We're going into the land. You know, we're coming closer than we ever have, and we've got to meet God. We've got to get to Bethel. Amen. We've got to come where the presence of God comes down. And we can't have these kind of things in our lives. Wash yourself. Amen. Give me up those, those earrings. Give, give, give away uh, those false gods, everything. Hand them over to me. Because we're going into the land. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, somebody with me? Ever thought? ever thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So get ready to revenge right. all disobedience. Amen. Amen. All those things that defile, you see, one spirit will allow another spirit to come. You open your eye up there and pornography may not come in the first time, First time you look, you know, it may just kind of be a little wound in the spirit. But the next time, or the next time, or the next, but some point it's going to enter in. And it'll get a hold of your life. But when he comes, it's not just him that comes. Suicide demons come. Complexes. Self-destruction that comes along that destroys your home, your marriage, your family. Takes away your integrity. Even your honesty. And you become a house of filth. It'll destroy you. And you better destroy your enemy before it destroys you. Amen. You see, Brother Branham would tell us, believe the Lord Jesus Christ for your house and apply the token to your house. Then what do you do when you apply it to your house? Move all the trash out. Get all the short skirts, the shorts, the cards, the cigarettes, the television, whatever more. Kick them out the door. 
When you go to apply the token, you won't stand still for it. Take it all out. The dances, the parties, the rock and roll, the vulgar newspaper and stuff that's of the world. Kick it out the door and say, we're cleaning this place up around here. Like Jacob did, he told his wife and them, wash your clothes and everything. Put away them gods. You know what Joshua said before the, the crossing over? Wash your clothes, come out at your wives and so forth. Get ready for three days. We're going to cross Jordan. And he was getting ready, applying the token. It was a time for a new circumcision. Amen. Get ready. Apply it. Believe it. Clean up. Let your children, your family, your loved ones see it in you. Yeah. There it is. First of all, we need men to take some leadership in their home. Secondly, we need young men to stand up and take some leadership. Amen. Amen. I, know what, I know the way it was when I was a young boy and I was offered pornography. Of course, it was child play to what it is now. It was something hidden way down in the fold of somebody's billfold, and they bring it out. And I say, don't you ever show that stuff to me. And I'll tell you what, let's take that stuff and realize this is sin and let's burn it right here. Amen. We had a burning. Amen. Amen. There was no tolerance for it. Right. Amen. There was no second look. Right. Amen. There was none of that whatsoever. I had a burning right there. Burn the thing. Right. Amen. Destroy it before it destroys you. Apply the token with prayer, with consideration, with believing. Apply it with such love and so forth until you know it's going to take place. It's going to take place. Apply it with confidence. Believing it's going to help when you talk to that child. Talk to your husband. Talk to your wife. Talk to this loved one. Believe it's going to help. Just stand there and say, Lord, I've claimed them. They're mine. I'm getting them for you, Lord. You know, I heard of, I don't know what, what she's called, really, but a woman talking the other day, she's a doctor. She, she's a secular woman, not even, not even a Christian, a Jewish, Jewish woman converted from Catholicism to Judaism, if you can call that conversion. And there, someone called in, about their 11-year-old child and things that they were texting and talking about with a girlfriend. He said, I've got something to say to you, mother. You're not even a mother. Don't you even call yourself a mother to me. A mother would not put in the hands of in her child, 11 years old, uh, something that would get on the internet where you could watch that filth and violence. You cannot even call yourself a mother to me. Said, well, a child shouldn't be given one of that till they're 18 years old and then they'd have to work and pay for it to get it. You're putting into the hands of your child something that will access evil. I think we need to consider a little bit about some of the freedoms that we're handing out, like candy. Well, not my girl, Brother Tim. Let me tell you, one time. Second time. Third time. Not my boy, Brother Tim. Listen, it ain't about not trusting your kids. We don't trust the devil. 
Amen. This, this woman said, I'll, this doctor said, I'll tell you right now, said they still sell phones that all you can do is call on. Said if you, you know, if you need to call home, you can. But the, all of this other stuff that you're allowing going on in your home, you can't even call yourself a mother. And I thought, if a secular woman is talking like that, what kind of guard should we, you know, be, be, be realizing the dangers that we're opening ourselves up to Amen. by allowing everything in? And, and we're here, we're bringing them in on every kind of device there is, from the iPad to the, to the phone to, to anything that'll go on the Internet to, to the Wii or whatever else. If it'll get on the Internet, your child has access to pornography. And we can't afford to be, uh, to allow the devil to take advantage of us no more. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Now, Brother Branham would talk about Nellie Sanders. She was a sanctified girl who took an evil spirit. I'd just like to recount it again to you. And I'm coming down to a close. Said this lady, Nellie Sanders, First time I ever seen a devil cast out. Said, I'd just become a preacher. And this little girl was one of the best dancers. She went to high school down there and her and Lee Horn. There, that he was a Catholic boy. Religion didn't mean nothing to him, though. Nellie and them, she was a great dancer, and he was too. And they had this little dance called the Black Bottom, the Jitterbugs and them things, and they were the best in the country. But one day she staggered in here. One night to the meeting, she fell down at an altar. Little Nellie, bless her heart, she laid there at the altar. She raised up her hands. She cried, and the tears running down her cheeks. And she said, Billy, I want to be saved so bad. And he said, I said, Nellie, you can be saved. Jesus already saved you, girl. You've got to accept it now on the basis of his word. She stayed there, and she cried, and she prayed. She told God she'd never listen to the things of the world again. And all at once, a lovely, sweet peace came over her soul, and she raised up from there shouting, praising God and glorifying God. About eight months later, she was coming down Spring Street, just a young girl in her teenage years. You know, she... Had a desire. She said, you know, I wish I looked like Hope and Irene and said they never got out in the world. I got this rough look and I quit wearing makeup and stuff, but I look so rough. And even the cast in my face, I look rough and they look so innocent and tender. I wish I'd have never done that. And he said, Nellie, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. You know, go on and believe it. Brother Branham talked about how that, you know, that, um, that, you know, that, uh, that night as he was, he was in, in bed, and he said here, said that there was a knock compounded on the door. It said, sound like a woman, and opened the door, and here was this young girl standing there. said, oh, can I come in? He said, come on in. It was a guy that he had he'd picked up there on the streets there and gave him a place to sleep for that night, and she was crying, and she said, oh, Billy, I, I'm gone, I'm gone. And I said, what's the matter, Nellie? You got a heart attack? She said, no. Brother Bill, I was coming down Spring Street. I didn't mean no harm. I really didn't. I didn't mean no harm. I said, what's the matter? What? And I thought, what am I going to do with her now? I don't know what to do. I was just a young fellow. Bill, oh, Brother Bill, I'm all to pieces. Now, quieten down, sis. Tell me all about it. So, well, I was coming down the street in the Redmond's Hall. 
They used to have the Saturday night dances there. So I had some stuff. I was going to go home and make a dress. So then I heard that music. She said, you know, I stopped for just a minute. And I said, it just kept getting better. So I thought, well, you know, it won't hurt if I stand right here. Now watch how reasoning begins to work. It won't hurt if I stand right here. You know, it's not pornography they got clothes on. You know, if I, if I can just go through the Sears and Roebuck catalog, that's a little bit out of date, but if I can just look over here, let me tell you again, I, I want to get it back to you. It's not just the nakedness out there. It's that's, that's almost naked. You've got to have a power in you that you can turn your head. You can get away from that stuff. But she made her mistake just by stopping a minute. She just listened. Well, you know, she said, well, I, you know, I love you, Lord. Oh, I, I you know, but I, I remember how Lee and I, we used to, win all those cups and things and trophies. And I said, I remember that old music used to attract me. I don't know more. I said, oh, no. I said, you just think it don't. It's already got you right there. That's just as good as he wants. And I want you to think of this. You can never, never let down your guard ever. Amen. Satan is on every side to snare you. You've got to keep up a guard against sin, against evil, and even shun the appearance of evil. Some things ain't sin. It's just the appearance of sin. And you even shun that. Stay as far away from it as you can. So, well, uh, said, you know, it doesn't no, no more. He said, oh, yeah, it's already got you right there. Remember, I, I just want you to understand you got a beastly nature. Even if you're Holy Spirit filled, you still have a physical body and a human spirit. And you cannot feed that human spirit on the wrong things. I don't care how Holy Ghost filled you are. You got to keep your spirit clean. Amen. Watching what comes in your eye, what's coming in your ear. Some of this music that's going on, you know, it's as filthy, as filthy, as filthy can be. It has every kind of sexual innuendos and everything else and, and, and stuff that's going on that'll get your mind thinking on the wrong things. Stay away from it. Amen. I mean, why do, do, do you want this rap or this country music or this filth that's out there? Come on. There's nothing edifying there that'll make you strong as a Christian. It'll tear you down. It'll get in your spirit and get you thinking on the wrong things. But anyway, she said, said, you know what? Maybe I, if I got up close, I could just kind of testify to somebody. You know, that's the thing. People want to get over on the devil's ground. Well, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the, you know, to, uh, to the gambling place just, just to tell my friends I got saved. No, you don't go there. Amen. Well, I, I hadn't told none of my friends. Hey, I'd let everybody know. If God saved me, I'd let everybody know. I want them to know Jesus saved me. I'm not the guy I used to be. 
I don't live the way I used to live. I don't do the things I used to do. Are you with me? Amen. But see, he said, you, you got, you're right on the devil's ground. You stay out of it. You shun the very appearance of evil. She walked up on the top of the steps, stood there for a few minutes. First thing you know, she was in some boy's arm on the floor. And then she come to herself. She's standing there crying and going on and said, oh, I'm lost for good now. And, and, and so she's standing there now at Brother Branham's house, just a young man. He said, you know, a young preacher. And he said, well, I, I don't know too much about the Bible, but I believe Jesus said, in my name, they'll cast out devils. And said, Wayne there, he had picked him up. And he was, had, you know, had, had been a drunk. And Brother Branham had picked him up and gave him a place to sleep, got him off the street and had shamed him for the way he was living and the things and tried to, tried to help the boy. And he said, he was sobered up and a little bit and was sitting there watching. And he said, now, devil, I don't know who you are, but I'm telling you now, this is my sister. And you ain't got no business withholding her. She didn't mean to do that. She just stopped for a minute. That's where she made her mistake, though. And I said, but you're going to have to come out of her. You hear me? And he said, so help me, God. At the judgment bar, well, no, that screen door began to open and shut by itself. Pumped, pumped there at the door. Pumped, pumped, pumped. I thought, and she said, Bill, look at that. Look at there. I said, what is that? She said, I don't know. Neither do I. And the door went pumped, pumped setting like that and he said what's the matter here what's the matter and i looked i said leave her satan in the name of jesus name come out of her and when i said that it looked like a big bat about this long rose up from behind her with long hair hanging off of its wings and off its feet like that and was going ooh, and started right toward me as hard as it could come and i said oh lord god the blood of jesus christ protect me from that so Wayne jumped up in bed and looked, and here it was like a big shadow and circled around and went over and went behind the bed and out of the bed went Wayne in the next room as hard as he could go. I got Nellie and took her home and came back. Mom came in and shook the sheets and everything. There wasn't nothing in that bed. What was it? He said, a devil went out of her. What happened? She stopped for just a moment. That's all. Don't stop at all. When God sinks his word in your heart, just take that sword and start chopping and cutting. Hallelujah. I hadn't got time to wait for nothing else. Just crossed over. I hadn't got the time to even settle down. And I'm going to just tell you, you come, you come and you see God move and you see God deliver. Hey, it ain't time to settle down. Amen. If we took down a stronghold today, let's take down another stronghold tomorrow. Let's keep pressing on. Let's possess the land of promise. Amen. Let's take it all. Every one of you need a Sandar moment. Amen. Take that ox goat and say, I have been, I have been tormented enough. I've let enough of the devil come a time after time after time and trouble my home. But I'm going to have a Shamgar moment and take an ox goat to every one of the enemy until every enemy is dead. Till we get total deliverance. Why do we want partial deliverance when we can have total deliverance? Amen. Okay, so I'm not good at Wednesday night preaching. Give me just a few more minutes. 
Acts 19.11. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. We've seen special miracles take place. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. You see, they didn't know Jesus themselves. They were going on somebody else's testimony. And they were using the name of Jesus and really didn't have the authority to use that name. They hadn't been given the authority. Amen. And there was, there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, a chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil priest, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are ye? Now, I'm just going to say something. When I meet a devil, I want him to know who I am. I want him to know that I have been with Jesus. That he recognizes the authority that is given to the Son of God, and he has to go. Amen. That's why the other day, looking right there into the eyes of that demon, I just began to speak. And I didn't have to yell in command. I just looked and said, peace. And that evil spirit had to go. It has to bow to the name of Jesus. Because Satan knows who you are. Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greek also that was dwelling at Ephesus and fell on the, all the, them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many believed, came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together, burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. And so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Amen. Amen. When the Holy Ghost moved, come on, and the Holy Ghost began to vindicate, and people began to respond and put away their gods and put the evil out of their house. Come on now. The word of God grew mightily and prevailed. Amen. If that's what we want in our church, we're going to have to make some sacrifices. I don't care how much it costs. Get rid of the thing. Amen. 50,000 pieces of silver. That was worth about $5.5 million. That's a lot more than an iPhone. That's a lot more than a game box. There's a lot more than all this other stuff, you know, that you've been feeding on and everything else. Can you imagine that? You know, some estimates said it was a total of 1.5 billion that they got rid of. So that what could happen? The Word of God could grow mightily and prevail. 
Amen. So if we want to progress as a book of Acts church, let's lay aside sin. Every weight that so easily besets us. Put those things aside and press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. And quit putting weapons in the... uh, We've got to quit putting weapons in the hands of Satan to destroy our children. Things that they can get in there that are potential gates to let the enemy in. We've got to quit doing it. We've got to be diligent as a church of God. Put evil and sin away from us. Now I want you to bow your heads together. Let the musicians come real quick. You know what you got to do. You hear the word speak tonight, dealing with different issues, and you know the issues in your own life. But I'm telling you, are you serious enough about this? To go do what the Word of God said. Isn't it ready f- for that television to go out of your house? All this addiction to porn and movies and everything. Brother Tim, you wouldn't think that would be in our church. This is a book of Acts church. God's writing a new book of Acts. And in this book of Acts, there's already been some burnings. We've already seen the Holy Spirit move and, and the Holy Spirit deal with some issues. Now I'm telling you, your young people have stepped forward. It's time for some of the others of you to come clean before God and step forward and man up and say, I've got to get this thing out of my life. It's got a hold. Key of G. Don't lose your vision of Jesus. Some of you old-timers have let the blood get off the door. And you're dying. Some will go into death. The cycle of revival and death has never failed. And it won't fail this time. There will be millions go down into death. Once it started out, I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to serve Jesus with all my heart. They started out with a dedicated, consecrated life, and they slipped back to where they even make a mockery of it. I don't matter. Oh, Brother Tim, you're joking us. Oh, Brother Tim, you're just uh, one of them old hardliners. I might be, I don't know. But Stonewall Jackson would drive his men to get the advantage part, to get the heel, to get on, to get the advantage part against the enemy. Drive his men all day, all night, through the storms and everything, weary and everything else, to get them in that advantage point. He said, you'll hate me today, but you'll thank me tomorrow. I wonder... You may hate me today. But I hope you'll be able to thank me tomorrow. 
hope you'll be able to thank me tomorrow. When we have to stand on that day and I give an account. I give an account. Isn't it time that you just reconsecrated that life of yours to God right now? Just say, Lord, just purge me from everything. Purge me. Clean my home up. Clean my life up. Purge me. Get me ready. You see, the Holy Spirit can't come in there. You still got some unbelief in your life. You still got some habit of the world. He won't come there. You say, well, why wouldn't the Holy Spirit feel me, Brother Tim? There's still something there. Make that surrender. Make that surrender of your life. Make a move toward God. God, make a move toward you. This is what he said, draw nigh to God. God will draw nigh to you. There's many have lost their way. Many have fallen off. I don't want to be numbered with the transgressors. Be a part of the unbelief of this world. I want to be remembered on that day by him. Where he can say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Don't you want to just dedicate your life to God again and anew? How many feels that way tonight? I just want just a real new consecration of my life, a real new surrender. Amen. Could we do that as a church, as a people? Maybe you just get out of your seat and just walk forward. It's not, not admitting that you've been in pornography or you've been watching wrong things. It's just saying, Lord, you know my heart tonight. I just want to make a new surrenderance, Lord. You promised restoration to me. Lord, I, I want to just get rid of the things in my life and make a surrender of my heart. Well, don't lose your vision of Jesus. Amen. Keep your eyes ever. just want to consecrate my life now. Don't you lose your vision of Jesus. Don't let me get this close, Lord. Don't let me get this far down. Don't let me just get right at the edge of it and then lose my vision. Oh, there's many who's lost their way. Many friends and dear loved ones have lost their way. They've lost their vision of Him. Sing it again to Him. Just worship God now. Just make a prayer right in your, where you're at right now. Just right where you're standing. Make a new consecration. I'm not Jacob, but as a pastor, I say, let's go back to Bethel. Let's go back where he'll meet us there in this staircase.
the stairway to heaven comes down. Angels of God ascend and descend, and the Spirit of God moves. Let's go back to Bethel in our hearts and our lives. Amen. Let's put away the gods, the false gods. Amen. Let's put away the evil things before our eyes, the things that our ears have been listening to. Amen. Let's wipe away the insanity of the world. Many friends have lost their way already. Many have stumbled along the way, but I don't want to lose my vision. Amen. I, I don't want to lose my sight of him. Amen. My gate was to be single, to look toward him, to keep my eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher of my faith, to make a surrender of my life to God. I just want to do that, Lord. Well, they lost their vision of him. Just, just talk to him now. Oh, don't lose your vision of Jesus. Just keep your eyes ever on him. Well, many friends and dear loved ones, they've lost their way. together now every person in your own way lifting up your voice to God dear God it's in the name of Jesus that we come Lord we don't want to get this far down along the journey and lose our way Lord we don't want to get this far down the journey and become a church Lord that as a fallen church that's a cycle of revival and death that never fails. Lord, that, oh God, it overcomes us too. Lord, we want to be sold out and consecrated and dedicated. We want to be filled with your spirit. We want our lamps trimmed. Lord, every excess of that wick burn it, cut off, Lord, will it burn brightly. Lord, we want our vessels filled with, with oil. Lord, we realize the wise had, had oil in a vessel with their lamps. Lord, they had a refilling that was there for them. I pray, oh God, there be a refilling for everyone tonight. Lord, may each one seek to you, Lord, with all their heart. Because the day we seek with you with all our heart, that's the day we'll find you. I pray, oh God, take sin and darkness out of our lives. Forgive us, Lord, where we've fallen. Forgive us, Lord, when we use our eyes wrong, our ears wrong, or our, our tongue wrong, or whatever it is, our feelings wrong, Lord. Forgive us and purge us, wash us and make us clean. Don't let us get this far down the journey, Lord, and lose out. Lord, many have lost their way. Many have failed along the journey. But, oh, God, don't let us be a failure. Lord, don't let any of us fall short of it. I pray in the name of Jesus, for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just brother to brother, sister to sister, I want you just to pray for one another right now. Say, Jesus, we're your children here tonight. This is my brother. This is my sister. We 
know the struggles of the enemy. We know the fight that we're in. We know that the enemy has come in like a flood. We pray, oh God, you'll raise up a standard against it. Realizing that we will be that standard in this last day against sin and against wickedness. Lord, take evil from us. Take unbelief from us. Lord, you know the things your people are dealing with tonight. and Some of them at all different levels in their walk. I pray, God, everyone will step up closer. Lord, that they'll draw nigh to you, Lord, while there is an opportunity. May your Holy Spirit move, Lord. Break us. Consume us. Wash us. Make us pure. Fill us. Oh, God, with your Holy Spirit. Let there be a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, oh, God, as you said, purge yourself. Repent and be converted. So when the times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Lord, we know this is an hour of restoration. And I pray, oh, God, you'll bring a restoration in the hearts and lives of your people. Is in the name of Jesus. We ask it for your glory, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So that our prayer, Lord, can be for your coming, Lord. And we can look to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just raise your hands and worship him now. Just raise your hands and just begin to praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for purging us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We've seen some cleansing. We've seen some washing. You're dealing in hearts and lives. Lord, we know, God, there's emptying outs that has happened so that there can be fillings of your Holy Spirit. Lord, may there be a refreshing of the Holy Ghost come tonight. May there be a new portion of the Spirit. Break out in this church, in this place. Lord, flow out into the world where they can see Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, there's worse storms than what we see that is in the world today. There's storms that are going on, Lord, that are out here in the world, sin and darkness everywhere. It's getting darker and darker. But you said there shall be light in the evening time. I pray, God, let your light shine. Let it shine in your people, Father. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Oh, that our hearts will be ready for your coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Compassion to come to you right now. Amen. Even so, to take your bride away, how my soul longs to be with you, my Lord. Even so, even so.
you're pouring out your spirit because this is the hour of restoration. I don't want to be left behind. I want the word to have a firm root. I want it to bear the fruit. I don't want thorns and thistles. I don't want a, a shallow experience of a rock. I, I, I don't want Satan to come and tear our little children, rip out our homes. I want the Holy Spirit to move. Even so, come, Jesus. Come to my heart. Come to my home. Come into my marriage. Come into my children. Come into my wife. Come into my husband. Lord, how we long for you, Lord. Amen. So even so, come. Amen. Can you invite him tonight? Can you ask him to come? Even so. Oh, Jesus. 
humble as a man since he just swept over you. Feel the sweetness of the Spirit just come down and wash you. Just wash all the guilt, sin, darkness. Brought a renewing of the Holy Ghost. the Lord wants to do something. Come on now. Sweet Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I feel his own spirit. Oh, what can he do in an atmosphere like this? The sweetness of the Holy Ghost. He's here to feel every heart. Seal you to the day of redemption. Give you that blessed assurance. Put the sweetness of the Holy Ghost in you. A love for God. A love for truth. Put you in a place where no devil can ever take you over again. Oh, Jesus. Amen. Just worship him now. Come on with me. Sweep over my soul. Just sweep over me, Lord. Look for 